Good morning. And some of us, Happy New Year. Uh, some of us uh, are a little tired, I believe, from last night. Uh, some of you guys stayed up and watched the ball drop or whatever you do. And uh, and I just want to say thank you for being here this morning. Uh, the bed, even to me, looked really awesome this morning as I was getting up. And uh, I believe that God's going to make it worth our time this morning to be here in the house. Um, but this morning, uh, something's just been on my heart for the past couple uh, days. And, uh, in, in 2 Timothy, there's some stuff in there and it talks about in the last days, we're not getting, don't worry. <laughs> we're not getting there this morning, we're not going that deep. Um, this is the first day, right? <laughs> um, but it says in the last days, and it clips through like, some different descriptors of what people would be like. But, in, in the end there, it says that they will hold to a form of godliness, but deny its power. And that's just been bothering me all week, because what I don't want to ever be is that guy, right? Amen. That's a dangerous guy to be. I don't, I don't know what side of the heaven he's going to end up on. <laughs> but man, wouldn't it be a shame if we were content with that? Yeah. And we would hold to a form of godliness that we would, and we, we do the church thing. And we do the songs thing, we do the Christian music and the little Jesus fish bumper sticker. But we would deny the very power of God in our life. And um, it just got me thinking, um, and, and this is totally for free this morning, it's just coming, it's coming, so if it sounds weird, sorry. Um, have we really surrendered to Jesus? Or if we surrender to religion, if we surrender to God, oh, I want you, and you can have all of me. Or if we surrender to man, church is a good spot to hang out because there's a difference. And, and, and man, it's been it's been a hard week and a half dealing with that um, because surrendering to Jesus doesn't mean Sunday. Surrendering to Jesus means God, you can take it all. Right? You can have my choices, you can have my days, you can have my friendships, you can have my behaviors, you can have my attitudes, you can have my voice, you, you can have it all. And I don't know where that hits you kind of on the spectrum of, of what, you're, what you're dealing with or where that is, but just kind of throw that out there for us. Because, man, wouldn't it be a shame if we could flip over here somewhere, you read Revelation to those letters to the church and ours was like man you had a great start and you loved your music and you you, you, you came and you sat and it was long <laughs> man I had so much more in addition so I don't, I don't know where that came from or what that came from it's just something that's been putting in here um and I just want to share that because what you need to know above everything else is God's still working on me. You know? I'm not perfect. I'll claim to be. If you want a perfect God to do this, you better go a little harder. Um, <laughs> man, what if we came around that this year? What if we came around that idea? So I just, I, I don't know that I can just segue that from. We just please pray we put, uh, out loud, up together. Um, this it's not really out loud, by the way. That's a huge 
morning we don't want to hold back from you. At the end of our story, at the end of our little dot on this planet, at the end of our vapor, what we don't want to hear is, I had so much more for you. So that whatever surrender even looks like, I don't know if I've ever seen it. I've seen people that are close, but I don't know. Seen Whatever surrender to you really looks like, I pray that we will do that. I pray that I'll do that. That let it not be said of us that we held to a form of God to but deny the power of God in our is that there's so much more. And that to get to the more, we have to, like John, become less. This morning, we thank you. God, we believe you for a powerful word this morning. We surrender to that too. So you just do, God, whatever you want to do this morning, we're just going to sit in, in your presence for a few moments. And press in to you. If you have your Bible this morning, we're going to be in Isaiah 54, um, and uh, we're going to talk about kind of some amazing things. Um, the past few days, maybe maybe two weeks or so, I've been thinking about, and praying about what are we going to talk about, because I don't know if you know this, but this is like a high pressure Sunday. <laughs> um, the, there's a couple of those in the church, Easter, uh, if you mess Easter up, you're done. Um, and then uh, Christmas is another one of those, and uh, then New Year's for me. Uh, it's always a big deal, because the truth of it is... Uh, to me, this is, this is, even though it's just a date on the calendar, man, it's, it's a brand new year for us um, to see brand new things. And I just want to say to us, um, for the church and for you individually, what I believe is the best days are ahead of us. Amen? Amen. I don't think you heard that or believe that. You're just nodding your head at me. <coughs> uh, the best days are ahead of us. Amen. I believe that for you. And I believe that for me, and I believe that for us. And I believe that because I know Jesus. Amen? Amen. Actually, the, some of you guys are already thinking, man, this has been the worst year on the planet. Like, there can't be a year worse than 2016, and I definitely don't want a repeat in 2017 and 2016. And you're already thinking, man, this is going to be horrible, right? 
some of you guys walked in today and you're like, man, it's not getting any better. And I just want to say to you, yes, it is. That's right. To the example of Jesus is even in the darkest moments on the planet, God is about to do something <laughs> amazing. Right. The cross tells us, actually, that in the moments when it looks the most hopeless, hope is about to come, right? That's right. Um, just wait a couple days, right? Mm-hmm. Hope's coming. Uh, and, and for some of you guys, you're like, man, 2016's been the best year on the planet. I love 2016. It was amazing. I don't want to see it go. Uh, and I'm not maybe in the same boat with you, but I didn't think it was that bad. <laughs> um, but this morning, no matter where we end up on that thing, no matter where you are on that thing, I just want to say the best days are out there ahead of you. There's nothing this planet can do to you. There's nothing the devil and all his power can do to you that's going to end uh, what God is doing in you, right? Amen. See, the truth of it is, even if we left this place today, our best days are still ahead of us, right? That's right. If I get in the car and I get out on the road and it ends for me today and they put me in a little box somewhere, uh, I'm already with Jesus. Right. And I just want you to know, my best days are happening at that point in time. <laughs> right. So for some of you guys, oh, it's never going to get better. You just wait. And I believe for some of you, it's or for all of us, maybe, unless you go today, um, it's coming before heaven. And this morning, we're going to talk a little bit about those better days, and we're going to do that in Isaiah 54. Now, some of you guys heard Isaiah, and you're like, where's that at? Um, a little bit after Psalms, and it's really long, and uh, it's full of a little bit of confusing stuff. <laughs> um, this morning, we're going to look at Isaiah 54, and I love this chapter, if you've been around for very long, you've heard me maybe mention this, I don't think I've ever preached it, but we've, we've talked about it before, and this morning, if you'll just bear with me, um, and give me a little grace, I think God's going to do something amazing. I just want to say there's no coincidence this morning that Isaiah 54 comes after Isaiah 53. <laughs> Isaiah 53 is, is something, yeah, wow. woo, uh, power, um, let me context that for you. Um, Isaiah 53 is a chapter that's really devoted to the prophecy of the crucifixion of Jesus. If you read Isaiah 53, there's no way in the world that you couldn't just line that up in your brain with what happened to Jesus on the cross. It's the, by his stripes we are healed, um, a set of scriptures in Isaiah. It happens hundreds of years before, by the way, Jesus ever goes to the cross, and it's almost a play-by-play of what happens to Jesus. It's, it's amazing how God knows all that stuff. Um, and in Isaiah 54, um, we see God do an amazing thing. He gives this prophecy to the people of Israel through Isaiah. Um, Isaiah 54, um, by the way, is uh, coming out of a moment where Israel, this nation, this people of God, are coming up out of captivity. They've been in Babylon for years and years and years. And this this whole set is as they're coming up out of this moment of captivity. I just want you to know, this is not an amazing day for the people hearing this scripture. They're not coming off the best year of their life. They're coming off possibly the worst moment in, in, in the history of Israel. See, Israel is the people of God. They're, they're the people that God called out among all the nations to himself. They had beautiful cities and in the middle of Jerusalem, their most beautiful city. They had the temple of God where the physical presence of God actually dwelt on the planet with us. That's kind of amazing. And this people, because of their rejection of God, because of their, they turned their backs on God and they chose other things and other gods, um, God kind of just left. So you want it your way, huh? you can have it your way. <laughs> And he left. 
And in that moment, uh, we see that Babylon comes in and kind of pulls these people out and distributes them um, throughout the world. Babylon comes in and they, they wreck these beautiful cities and they destroy this temple, this massive monument to God in the middle of the city. And they've lived in exile at this point in time for, for years, maybe generations for some of these guys. And out of that moment comes this prophecy in Isaiah 54. And Isaiah starts off and says, Rejoice, barren one who did not give birth. Now this sounds really weird if you're talking to a people group, right? <laughs> They've not just been in exile and not been able to have children. That's not the, the point or the, or the moral to the story this morning. But um, he's using Israel as, as the stand-in for this barren woman. Now, in this culture, uh, maybe it's not as much as it is like today. Today, it's the question of if we're going to have kids. Like, do you want kids? You even have to have that conversation before you marry somebody. In this culture, yes, you want kids. And you want as many kids as you can possibly have. You want a lot of kids because a lot of kids is a lot of hope, right? You're going to have somebody take care of you as you get older. You're going to have a big family and your name's going to go out for on and on and on forever and ever and ever. You want lots of kids and you want specifically males. And what you don't want to be in this culture is a barren woman. It's not a, not a positive thing in this culture. In this culture, to be a barren woman is to be filled with shame. And I can't have children. I'm not able to give my husband what he wants. It's to be filled with disgrace. People talk in the streets, oh, she can't have kids, she can't have kids, there's no way they're ever going to have a family. And normally what this would lead to is your husband would actually replace you with a second wife. And you see kind of the same thing happen back in the day with the patriarchs, right? And it was not a positive thing to be a barren woman. A barren woman would be filled with hopelessness. I can't have children. It's not going to be good for me. I'm useless to my husband. These would be the emotions and the thoughts of this woman. And for, to hear Isaiah say, rejoice at this, would be such a strange thought to these people. Why in the world would you rejoice in your hopelessness? Why in the world would you rejoice in this moment where you know that it can't get any better for you? It sound crazy. Rejoice because you can't have kids. He goes on and he says, Burst into song and shout, you who have not been in labor. This is to celebrate you who haven't been in labor. Now, I don't know much about labor, but I'm celebrating that I never have to um, get to labor. Um, so maybe that, maybe that was a thought, but Hearing this, these people would have thought, man, why, why in the world? Maybe some of you guys will have to be real with you. Maybe, maybe some of you are in that boat. And you can relate to this on a level that I cannot relate to this. And he says, celebrate because you can't have children. It would have seemed like such a ridiculous thought to, to hear this. Why, why in the world would I celebrate I want kids more than anything. I want to be able to, to contribute to this more than anything. I'm tired of shame. I'm tired of disgrace. I'm tired of people looking down on me. Why in the world would I throw a party for that? And into that moment, he speaks this prophecy. 
And he says, for the children of the forsaken one, he even uses the name there, for the children of the forsaken one will be more than the children of the married woman. He looks at this nation, this people that have been carried off into captivity, that are filled with shame and disgrace, and that are filled with the, the grief of the loss of really their stance on the planet Earth. And he says, to this people coming out of exile, rejoice, because the children of the forsaken one are going to be more than the children of the married woman. Now, some of you guys are still stuck on the man-woman can't-have-kids thing, so let me just kind of rewrap this for you. He's speaking to the people of Israel here who've been carried off into captivity. They, they used to be this amazing nation that the nations talked about. You remember that, like with David and especially Solomon. In Solomon's time, it says that silver was like rocks, like it was so common. They, they had this massive temple to God in the middle of their city, and like most of that temple was wrapped in gold because they were so rich. That was the nation. Marched by prosperity, marched by power. This was the nation Israel. David was this warrior king, and he took over all these vast expanses of land, and that's the glory days. That's what everybody's looking to, and ever since then, we just can't seem to get to that moment. King after king comes, and king after king fails, and they lead us farther and farther away from God, and we just can't seem to get back into that moment. And then finally, after so many screw-ups, screw-up after screw-up after screw-up, um, one king finally loses it all for us, and an invading army comes in, and he takes us out, numerous people. He takes us out, and he breaks down our walls, and he destroys our temple, and he carries us off, and he disperses us throughout all the land, and now we maybe don't even know who is who anymore, right? So now there's this handful of people that are coming back out of this moment, back to this land, and what it seems like is hopelessness, right? Because you're going back to not a land of prosperity and power. You're coming out of exile and you're coming back to a land that's very much destroyed. Where your cities are in ruins and your temple is in ruins. And you used to be the people that everybody on the planet says, man, that's the people of God. You remember when God led them up out of Egypt? That was amazing. You remember when God like, parted the waters and they walked across in dry land? That was amazing. You remember when that little handful of shepherds defeated the armies? of Egypt because their God led them into the water. And now you're coming back out like, man, I've got nothing. Man, it's over, right? And you hear this prophecy and it says rejoice, barren woman, and you're like, what am I rejoicing for? Yeah, I'm not in captivity anymore, what to do, but like I'm going back to nothing. What am I celebrating? Going back to my city, which is great, but the walls are destroyed, and I can't build back up walls, and the temple's gone, and I can't build back up the temple. And even if I could, it would never get back to the glory, its former glory, it would never get back to there. And you would look at Isaiah, and you'd be like, you're the craziest man I've ever heard in my life. That doesn't even make any sense. This is, this is like the worst, I'm not in captivity, but other than that, this is the worst day ever. I got nothing. And now you're telling me that the children of the forsaken one, I think that's me, are going to be more than the children of the married woman. You're telling me Israel somehow is going to get back to that and beyond. 
And you can even feel right now like the cynicism rising up in, 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 the, in, in this verse, right? You're so full of it. And all I've got in ahead of me is like shame. That's, that's it. That's all I've got. I used to be the people of God, and now I'm just this wandering nation. I used to be this mighty nation, and now I'm just kind of going back into my ruined cities. And you're telling me somehow this little handful of people coming out of captivity is going to be more than Babylon and, and all these other countries, all these other nations. It doesn't even make sense. How do you know that? Because it's not on faith, right? Because some of you guys right now are in the boat with me. And this last year sucked. It's horrible. And I got nothing, and I got nowhere. It's not getting any better. And some of you guys are camped out on that boat, and you have been for a little bit. Some of you guys, every time I say, the best days are ahead of you, you cringe. Like, I can physically see you. Like, I hate this. He's so full of it. No, they're not. The best days is six months ago, six years ago, back there. That's when I used to be close to God. That's when everything was good. That's when I had my life together. But now all this stuff's falling apart. And every time I say that, you cringe, and I can see that. And I just want you to know, like, these are the people that Isaiah is speaking to in this verse. And he pours out this prophecy, and he says, For the children of the forsaken one, that's you guys, will be more than the children of the married woman. And you can just hear it. You're so poor. And he says, Says the Lord. Pours out this prophecy. And you would just kind of imagine at this moment everybody just went, okay, whatever. Right? It's great. It's awesome. See, the fun thing is, is God didn't really stop there pouring out that prophecy. He, he continues to expand on this. And he says in verse 2, enlarge the sites of your tent. Tells them to enlarge the sites of their dwelling. And he says, let your tent curtains be stretched out. And what, what he's really saying here is, stretch out the tent curtain as far as it'll go. He even kind of emphasizes that in the next part of that verse. He says, don't hold back. Stretch, put, stretch out your tent. Enlarge the sites of your tent. Stretch out your tent curtains as far as they'll go. Don't hold back. He even goes on. He says, Lengthen your ropes and drive your pegs deep. What he's saying here to these people is, and I know it's an image, so you just have to hang on me a minute, is to expand the place of your dwelling. Imagine saying that to a bare woman. woman. Man, it's just me in the house. I want you to get the biggest tent you can find. That's what he's saying. And I want you to, all the material you got on that tent, stretch that tent out there. And I want you to make the ropes as long as you can make the ropes, as much rope as you can afford. And then I want you to drive your pegs deep. Now, the pegs are the thing that hold the tent in the ground, right? And you drive them deep because you don't want them to come out. You're not easily uprooted. You don't want to move. And what he's saying here is, A, don't hold back with your preparation. And B, don't plan on running, right? When it doesn't fill up tomorrow because, you know, birth takes a little while. Um, That's right. 
when it doesn't fill up tomorrow, I don't want you out there wiggling those pegs and thinking something was wrong. Now, can you imagine hearing this as these people? Or imagine hearing it as a barren woman. I, it's me in my house. I have no kids. There's nothing. It's just me. Here I am. You have two choices at this point in time, right? You can either ignore it. Um, I choose to not believe that. I do not believe that. It's never going to get better. We're never coming out of this. Or you can choose to do it, right? Just because you do it doesn't mean you necessarily have to like be fully on board and believe it. You just you're throwing something in there because what else do you have to lose? Because see, in reality, <coughs> you've got a couple options. One, you cannot do it, and you can live in the disgrace you're already in. Already horrible. Or you can risk it. And if you risk it, it may still be horrible, and you may have a really big tent. But you're kind of in the same spot. Or, and this is, the, this is the big one, what if it happens? I could risk it, and it may not. But what if it does? See, if it does, isn't it going to be better? I can choose to not, and I can stay in the same spot, Nothing will get better, like it's a guarantee. Or I can risk it, and maybe, just maybe, the greatest thing like I've ever seen not just come out of this, right? That, that's, the, that's the choice that people are left with. And he says, here's why. For you will spread out to the right and the left, and your descendants will dispossess nations and inhabit desolate cities. What he's saying to these people here is, you better get ready, because what's about to happen uh, is going to be amazing. You're going to spread out to the right and the left, and there ain't going to be enough space on this planet to put you. Nations are going to have to get out of the way for you. Like you went into a nation, and now they're going to have to move, because you're going to need that. And even those desolate cities, those cities filled with destruction and lifelessness right now, you're going to fill them up with life again. Now that sounds crazy. And some of you guys are like, what even are you talking about? Right? I'm not, but I always get this and I'm like, what even are you talking about? <laughs> That's where I started at last this what even are you talking about? See, in reality, some of you guys are living in that moment. You lost something, somebody, whatever, maybe you, last year. And you're sitting there and you're like, what is even going on? I don't know if there's a way out of this or a way back to this. I don't, I don't know if there's any way out of this. And it seems like a crazy thing, right, to even trust that there might be a better day out there. What are you talking about, Fred? Like, how, how in the world is there going to be a better day than this? Because I can't get that back, or I can't go back to that place, or I can't get back there. Maybe it's not really about as much getting back there. It's letting that take you somewhere bigger. Right? Yeah, letting that take you somewhere better. 
Maybe it's never really about just kind of going back about into the same place of where we've been. Some of you got spiritually, you're nowhere near where you used to be, right? And you're like, man, I, I, I don't think there's any way I can get back to there. And I just say, maybe it's not about getting back to there, maybe it's about going beyond there. Amen. See, the truth is, before activity, there was a lot of crazy stuff going on, and they're always trying to get back to this moment, they're always trying to get back to this era of prosperity, but... The truth of it is, until the old city was gone, the old temple was gone, there could never be a new thing. There could never be a, a next thing. And maybe some of that stuff that just got taken out last year, maybe some of that stuff that just got rearranged last year is not something we need to try to get back to, but just let God take us to the new thing. It's not go back to 17 years ago. It's God, what do you have for me today? God, where are you leading me today? Well, out, out of this, where will you take me? Amen. And that's what he's trying to say to these people. And these people hear that and they're like, but I don't, I don't want back. I don't want to do anything. I want to open, to go back to the city and the temple. I want to do the kingdom of David thing. That's where I want to be. And I just don't know if I can throw my trust into whatever that is because I don't know what it is. And in that moment, he says in verse 4, do not be afraid. Don't say that for some of us. On today, January 1st, 2017, do not be afraid. Amen? Amen. Amen. You have nothing to be afraid. Do not be afraid. And he says, for you will not be put to shame. And there's no shame coming. He says, don't be humiliated, for you will not be disgraced. You will not be forgotten. You will not be cast aside. For you will forget the shame of your youth. This is what he's saying to these people. You're going to forget the shame of being in activity. It's going to be so good on this side of things. You're going to forget the shame of the moment you're in right now. And you will no longer remember the disgrace of your widowhood. It's going back into this image. You know, it's talking about captivity, but it's this image of this barren woman. You no longer remember the Grace of your widowhood. And Bobby says this for your husband is your maker. Now, this I love. When we started this story with these people, this barren woman, we said, What? If you were a barren woman, your husband would replace you. Right? And in this moment, God speaks into this and he says to these people, I'm not going to replace you. I'm going to stand right here with you. I just say that for some of you guys. You feel like God's left you, God's walking away from you, God's done with you, and God's not done with you. I've messed up so bad, He's going to stand with you. I've screwed up so bad, He's going to stand with you. I've walked away this year, He's going to stand with you. God's not interested in inflicting shame and guilt and disgrace on you. God wants to lift you up out of that, and if you'll do it, He'll stand with you. And He's saying to these People for your husband is your maker. His name is Yahweh, or God of hosts. And the Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer. He is called the God of all the earth. This is what he's saying to us this morning. We can go into this new thing. 
and trust. Right? We can go into this new thing, we can walk in in belief, not because we know where we're going, because we don't. Amen? You have no idea what's going to happen when you leave this place. You have no idea what's going to happen a week from now. You have no idea what's going to happen a month from now or a year from now. You have no idea what this year is going to bring. But here's the truth. Here's what we do know. Here's the immovable factor. We know who is going into this year with us. Amen. Amen. I don't know what's going to happen to you this year. I don't know what's going to happen to me this year. I don't know if in 2018 we will look the same or act the same or be the same. I don't know if even if we will be here, even if I will be here. We don't know that. We, we don't know what time passes. We, we don't know if we're all going to make it in the next 12 months. We don't know that. We don't, we don't know if somebody's going to get mad. Somebody's gonna, we, we don't know any of that stuff. But what we do know is who is going with us. Right? What we do know is tomorrow that we have this redeemer, this husband who will stand with us. And six months from now, if it looks like everything's still going crazy, we have this redeemer, this husband who will stand with us. And a year from now, if it looks like, man, how did I get here? We have this redeemer who will stand with us. I don't know where, but I know who. Some of you guys, man, this year has been a bad year, amen? Let's be honest. Some of you guys, 2016, if we could just take that book and we could shut it and we throw it in the fireplace, like that would be the best thing ever for you. And I don't know what 2017 is going to look like. But what I do know is our best days are ahead of us because who walks with us? Not because where we're going. Not because what's going to happen. I can't prophesy over your life, man, it's going to be the best year, somebody's going to get married, you're going to have 42 kids, you're going to have a million dollars, you're going to buy your own helicopter. I can't prophesy that over your life, but what I can tell you is no matter what this year looks like, God is with you. Some of you guys, last year was the most far you've ever felt from God. You felt like, man, God was not there. He was not watching. He was not looking. You couldn't hear from him. I just want you to know, man, I believe better things this year. I believe you can walk out of that. I believe you can come back from that. I believe you can you can step out of, I've been far away, and you can step into, I'm close, because I know who he is. Amen. We have this Redeemer who says, man, I will stand with you. I don't care. I don't care about yesterday. I don't care about last year. I don't care about 2016 at all. I'm here today. See, truth is, God, the God who lives in today, it's not worried about us today. But I do want to say this. Man, if this year is going to be anything, then we have to prepare for it. That's right. Prophecy doesn't come without preparation. God, man, he, he wants better days for you. God wants better things for you. He wants a better hope and a better future for you. But it's not coming if we don't prepare. You want to be close to God this year. You want to be closer to God than you've ever been this year. We've got to prepare for that. There's some spiritual formation that has to take place in you for that. I mean, this could be the year that you read the whole way through the Bible. But it ain't going to happen sitting on the shelf. God, help me want to read your word. Pick up the word and read it. And then you might want to. God help me help me pray more. Well you gotta start with praying. 
God, help me live a better life. Well, you got to start with making better decisions for your life. <laughs> God, help me follow you more. Well, then follow him more. Why do you need help with stuff you can do? That's like saying, God, help me get that water bottle. I can bend over and get the water bottle. <laughs> yeah, cool trick if he levitated up here, but he doesn't need to. Because he gave me the capability. Can I just say the same is for truth of the church? Amen. Look around. Yeah, chair full, chair full opportunity. Right? I told you guys um, a couple weeks ago, a couple months ago maybe, and when we started this thing, the dream got put in my heart was that we wouldn't be ministering to 10 or 20 people or even 100 people, but that, that God would allow us to, to be effective to thousands of people. Sounds crazy. I'm okay if you think I'm crazy. In this word, it tells us and enlarge the place <laughs> of our habitat, right? To enlarge our tent, to, to stretch out the ropes, to not hold back. If there's one thing that I could wish that would define us as a church this year and, and you as a person this year and, and use a piece of that this year is that we wouldn't hold back. That this would be the year that, man, we just go for it, right? You're not with me. It's, it's one of two things. Either A, we don't care, we don't believe. This could be the year, huh? Because in reality, time is short. Jesus is coming back and we're on a clock somewhere in between today and that day. I don't want to wait six months. And I don't want to wait six years. Because today is the day. Right? The task in front of us, man, it, it looks massive. The people of Israel, as they rolled up to the promised land and they looked across and they sent these people in and they saw that it was filled with giants and inhabitants and they had fortified cities that even come back and they were scared and the task looked massive. And because the task looked massive, they turned away. God said, you can have it, you just have to go in, right? You can have it, you just have to take it. But they held back. God, I don't know, I don't know if you mean that. I'm not serious about that. I don't know if we can really do that. I don't know if we can really go in there. Maybe, maybe we met six years from now. We just got to sit here and populate some more and go ahead and take the land. But I think God meant that day. And if one man would have ran in that day, I think we would have given one. See, the truth of the prophecy of man today is for that. I don't know what it looks like. I don't know how we're getting there. I don't know what the road and the path we're taking is. But what I know is who's going in the path with us. If God put the dream on our heart, there's a reason He put the dream on our heart. If you're here, you're part of that dream. If God gives the vision, there's a reason there's a vision. God doesn't just hold stuff over there like, you'll never get there, you'll never get there, you'll never get there. Jump and get it. It's amazing. I do it with my cat. God doesn't do it with me. <laughs> And what God has said to us is, man, you can have an impact in this community. Well, when are we going to do it? What God has said to us, man, you can see a city 
change for the glory of God. When are we going to do it? What God has said to us is, man, there's a nation full of people that I love and I died for and I came for, and people need to hear that word, and I gave you a purpose and a plan to do that, to think they'll be about that when you're going to do it. See, the reality of it is we can sit in this room for the next 50, 60 years so we can do our thing and we can hold back and we can keep our tent all bundled up and keep our ropes all tied up and be like, one day, and one day, won't that be awesome? Or we can say, God, I don't know what it's going to look like and I don't know how I'm going to get there and I don't really know what all this is going to do, but what I know is you said you would go with me. You said you would claim me. You said you would keep me. You said you would take me. You said it could be me and you. And if you'll go, I will go. Because see, the reality is God is big. Amen. 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 And I want to find out how big he is. Don't you? God is big. That's when you say amen. And I want to find out how big he really is. And if that's not on your radar, that's not a blip in you, that's not something in you, man, the first thing you need to change is you need to come to that. That I love. Is that it? <coughs> and then when we come to that, man, we can go to him. Man, I'm, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say, if, I, if we look to say next year, I could. Say it, faith. Count me blue. God just told me to do that. It's scary. We look the same next year and go. I'll church in my house. I'm not playing. God's big. I want to find out how big. My heart is in school this time. Do you believe it? It's a new year. Or a new opportunity. Doesn't matter what happened last year. Let's not live on past glory and past whatever. Let's see what God has for us this year. For those of you that here this morning, and you're like, that's great, I'm going to be part of that, I'm going to keep that change the nation, I want to do that. But first, he's got to change me. I believe that for you today. You'll come. And God will do that in you today. For some of you guys, uh, you've never known that. You've never known Jesus. You've heard the story of the cross. And, always heard other people's things, you know, it's not a shot for me, it's not an opportunity for me, it's not a deal for me, like, he doesn't want me. Can I just say that that's so false? And I believe that today, the first day of 2017, could be the first day you ever breathe in the air God has made for you. And can I just say for us, the church, I mean, God wants to do big things this year. I'm not waiting I'm going today when I leave this place. I'm going knowing that everybody I see is somebody God knows. 
Everybody I encounter is somebody that needs to be here and hear about the grace of Jesus. Everybody I come in contact with, even if they go to church, maybe they go to church that doesn't preach the grace and love of Jesus. Just because you go to church doesn't mean you love it anymore. Every person is an opportunity. Everybody needs this. And I'm just saying that this could be the very best year. Children of desolation, children of the barren woman, children of too many empty seats beside you, children that life was screwed up last year, children that everything's <coughs> falling apart and you can't hold it together, children of man, I have my life in such a mess, children of I'm addicted to such and such, I'm in love with such and such, and I can't get out of it, children of I'm in a trap and in a cage, today can be the day. Amen. Amen. That's right. Now, I don't know what it looks like, but I know who. This year we can walk into something amazing in Jesus. Amen. Amen.